Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn to Acts 2. Everyone say, uh-oh. Okay, Acts 2, you're, we're going to go in today. We're kicking off a new collection of talks titled Ghosted. Uh, this isn't talking about when somebody goes silent on your text message. Um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. And I know that, um, that the Holy Spirit, when, when we create conversation about the Holy Spirit, oftentimes people can think weird. Uh, this, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to be weird. The Ho- Holy Spirit is orderly and organized. And it's something that we need. And so I believe that, that what we're going to do over these collection of talks is we are, we are going to basically reconnect with the Holy Spirit. Is that a good thing? I, I just am really excited for the next four weeks. So I'd encourage you, press in, lean in. I'm not just saying come to church for the next four weeks for church attendance. I'm saying this for the betterment of your soul and your life because you're better when you leave here than when you came. Amen? And so I want to encourage you, uh, please make sure that you're here the next four weeks. But I'm going to read a few verses, and then uh, it's found in Acts 2. Um, also on your church info guide, we have uh, a place for you to take notes because note takers are... Perfect, just making sure you haven't forgotten that yet. So Acts 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So realize what happened. Jesus in Acts 1 ascended into heaven. Jesus said, go to the room. I will give you something that will, that will take care of you, an advocate, so to speak. He's going to bring, I will give that. So you got to go wait. So this is where they're all just hanging out in a room. Kind of looks familiar, right? Are we all kind of hanging out in a room together? We're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, Amen. And it says, suddenly, like a sound of a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, now there, hello, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? This, or then how is it that each of us hears them in their native language? And then I'm going to skip because basically what happens there in verses 9 through 11, they're talking about different people hearing their dialect, hearing their, their native tongue. And so I, you, you, we're going to skip there. But then it says in verse 12, verse 12, it says, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Hello. Uh, And then what happens is Peter then addresses the crowd. He's addressing this group of people. He talks about Joel. He goes back to the the prophet Joel. Then he talks about David, who David was a key figure for the Jews, right? I mean, pretty pretty important figure uh, in their history. And then he talks about the significance of Jesus and what happened with Jesus. And then we're going to pick back up in verse 36. It says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When all the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So they were seeking advice. 
Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. There are, the promise is for you and for your children. So this is the thing about the power of water baptism and the power of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, that it's not just for you, it's for the next generation and the generation after that, because I believe that that's important that you understand there's significance in the next generation, right? And so we have an obligation to the next generation. Why do you think our world's in such chaos? Because I think oftentimes we've put it, we, we've bypassed what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. And we're seeing things like Dayton and we're seeing things like El Paso because we've ignored things. And I think the Holy Spirit is trying to get our attention for us to be active and to do things in this community. Amen. And we got to do it collectively. So this is for generations. So with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation, those who accepted his message. Notice he doesn't say all who accepted. He said those. Not all will accept. Those will accept. Everyone has access, but it's those that decide. So those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number daily. Today, the title of my message is The Power Portal. The Power Portal. Let's pray. It's kind of a Stranger Things thing. Um, Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful that you're the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you're with us today. Be with us in these moments. Let your Holy Spirit uh, meet us here in this place. In your name, amen and amen. How many have ever tried to build something, but you had the wrong tool? Right? Like maybe you had, uh, you had a screwdriver, but you needed a power drill. Or maybe we've all been here. We've had the good old screwdriver, but you've only had a nail and you've been trying to, am I the only one? Okay, I have some pictures really quick up here. You know, like this is like having the wrong tool for the job. Okay, let's go to the next one. Oh, that's terrible. You know, I mean, seriously, having the wrong tools for the wrong job. Let's go to the next one. Do you see what's happening here? He's holding on to, he's just trying to get a, you know, just trying to screw a hole or drill a hole. Okay, last I think we have one more. Oh, there it is. Have we all been there at some point in time? And, and oftentimes, I think many of us are trying to go through life, and we're trying to do it with the wrong tools. Uh, we have access to the right tools, but what we do is we bypass because of maybe convenience or maybe, uh, you know, for, you, know, you didn't want to go look for the hammer. You just wanted to, 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 to use the screwdriver out of convenience, but really it makes the process, it makes everything a little bit harder, Right. Anytime you try, to, you try to hammer a nail with a screwdriver, it's not what it's intended to do. And I think that oftentimes we go through life and we're going through life and we are trying to do everything by our willpower, but we're, but we're avoiding God's power in our life. Because one, I think we don't always know about the power that we have access to. You know, you wouldn't go and chop down that big old tree with a handsaw. That just doesn't make sense. But I think a lot of us are going through life where we're, that's how we are operating life. We have this big thing that's in front of us and we're using a handsaw when if we would actually just give the things to God and allow him to come into our circumstance and allow his Holy Spirit to be evident, all of a sudden that job will get pretty small because we have access to something that is greater than, in our, than, than what's in our hands. And I think that we need to, to, to do things in God's power. Marriage is hard. Let's just be brutally honest. Is it hard? Is it just me? Am I the only one that thinks marriage is hard? Have you ever tried to do it on your own power? <laughs> that thing that you're supposed to say? 
Uh, probably not good. Um, you know, you, you probably should do it with God's power. Uh, how about um, raising kids? Oh, th- this week, this week with our children, uh, we watched a dog. Uh, we're a Rovers, which is pretty cool. Anyways, side note, um, where we get to watch dogs. It's a way where we're like kind of like grandparents where we take the dog for a week and then we get to give it back. Uh, it's awesome. So we get the benefits of the dog, but we don't actually have to pay and take care of and you know, do, do that whole idea. But our kids this week were just crazy. Crazy because of a dog, crazy. I mean, like it was to the point where Katie and I were like, unbelievable, we got to figure this out. Like, I mean, like we needed God's help to raise our kids, right? Pastor Bob and Claudia, you guys have raised some kids. You, you know that, there's, that you need God's help. And, and, and I believe that Jesus has given us a roadmap to life and how we can really uh, go through life. And, and I think that when we put these principles into practice, they work. And so often we try to go through life and we're so, um, we're so focused on our situation that we aren't focused on our Savior. And when we focus on our Savior and not our situation, things can begin to change. But we're so busy holding on to stuff and we're forgetting that we have power. Everyone say, I have power. You have power. You have access to that power. But what you have to do is you have to tap into the power in order, to, in order for that to take place. Amen? And so Jesus in John, or yeah, in John 16, Jesus instructs uh, his disciples that he was going to give them something. Like Katie was talking about, uh, he was prophesying in, in, in these moments. And he says, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you a helper. Because we walk through this life and we need help. And so he's saying, I know that I've been with you for these 33 years or 32 at that point in time. But he says, hey, I'm going to leave something when I leave this earth. I'm going to give something to you that you have. This, it's the same thing that I have inside of me. And so what happens? He goes, he, he's crucified. He outstretches his arm. When he dies, the veil tears. The presence of God comes out of the Holy of Holies and it's, it saturates the earth. Then when Jesus ascends, he delivers on his promises. That's what I love about our God. He delivers on the promises that we have. The promises of God are yes and amen. And he will deliver on those promises because that's how good he is. And so what does he do in Acts 2? He goes and tells them to go up into a room. They go up into a room. We just read it and they're hanging out. And what happens? The Holy Spirit comes in like a violent rushing wind to the point where people thought that they were drunk. Side note. Side note, if it happens where you can't explain it, it's probably God. Because so often when you can't explain how situations take place, it's God. It's God. It's not the stars aligned and everything worked out and my destiny was figured. No, it's God. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in divine divine, uh, appointments. And times where things just happen, synapses, everything just works, and it is God, and you bring it back on God. And so I have kind of brought together some points that I'm going to show you how the Holy Spirit can be active in your life. Do you want to hear about it? I mean, I think that this will be really practical, and I think the Holy Spirit, and I believe God wants to do something here in the moments as we close that won't be weird, but will be a life transformational moment will be breakthrough for many people in this room. If you will allow it, that's the thing, those, not all, those. And then we're going to go baptize some people and some great things are going to take place. Amen? So uh, the first one, everyone say number one. If you're taking notes, write this down. It says, the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural power. The Holy Spirit gives us supernatural power. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Key. 
He didn't say that he's going to witness. He said, you, he's talking to them. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in all of Judea, at Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Friend, you are God's witness because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, those that call yourselves followers of Jesus. You have the access to that. And you have the supernatural power to change Poway, to change San Diego, to change California, to change the USA. And you saw we went and changed the world of somebody in Mexico just two weeks ago. Amen. We have that ability to go and we have supernatural power. You know what? Hammering a nail might not seem like supernatural power, but let me tell you, having the ability to give keys to somebody else and to elevate their life and to accelerate their life by 10 to 15 years is pretty profound. Because what we do as a church is we take a step of faith and because we have supernatural power in the midst of us. Think of it like this. A steam engine's intention is not for the whistle to blow. I think a lot of us go through life where we're, we're living like the steam engine, but all we're going is toot, toot the whole time. We're just sitting there just tooting the horn. That's not the intention. The intention of a steam engine is what? to go and create those engines and to move things, to move the needle forward, to get that engine going and to make a difference. We have too many Christians wandering around this earth going, doot, doot, the whole time when God has given you a power engine inside of you known as the Holy Spirit, that when you walk in that, things change. Things begin to change. Think about this. You're like, well, I don't really know because I... I I'm just one person. I don't really have a lot of influence. I'm not really sure. Think about it like this, okay? One drop of rain is insignificant. But when multiple drops of rain begin to fall, what happens? A flood can occur. So what if the church, our church, the big church, the whole church decided to go, you know what? I'm sick of the way things are in this world. I'm going to be a drop of rain. Think about in this room, how many drops of rain could change Poway, could change your circumstance, could change your family, could change your situation, could change what's going on? If you allow the Holy Spirit, the supernatural uh, power inside of you to be at work. Think about that for a moment. We need to live out that supernatural power. We have access to it. We've been living with a screwdriver in our hand when we should have that power saw or that power tool, that, that, that drill. Think about it like this. That chainsaw we have access to, but we've been living like a handsaw. God wants me to inform you today, right now, that you have access to the power saw, that you have an access to a sledgehammer, that you have access to that power, but you got to stop withholding that power from God moving in your life. Number two, number two, the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural gifts, supernatural gifts. In the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about these gifts more in depth. Um, and in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, it talks about specifically about those gifts. So if you want to go and research and do it in advance, be an overachiever, uh, you can go do that. That was a joke, people. You're so serious. <laughs> Good grief. It's like tension in here. I know I'm kind of fiery today, but like there's no reason that you can't laugh. Church should be fun. Enjoyed, not endured. <laughs> if you're enduring church, maybe you should find another one. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Preach it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, anyways, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about these gifts, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing. And we're going to operate in these gifts today. 
Um, meaning we're going to, at the end of this service, we're going to have opportunities where if you're looking for a, a, a message, where you, if you are looking for a prophetic word, if you're looking for healing, if you're looking for something supernatural to occur, I want to create a space for that to take place. Because what good would I do to say, oh, the Holy Spirit, you live by the Holy Spirit, and us to go, have a good day, we'll see you at baptisms. You know, I mean, like, we want to create a space and some margin for God to move. And I think that we have th this whole idea of gifts. Um, I think oftentimes we, we, the reason why we, we talk about gifts and talk about going to next steps is we want to equip you with your gifts, that God has given each and every one of you gifts. And when you go to next steps, we tell you how to live out those gifts. And, and, and I think that oftentimes ignorance plays into why we don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, it's kind of like going to the gym. Have you ever gone to the gym and seen all of those contraptions? Uh, they're called weight machines. <laughs> like like, that, like the, the cable crosses and like we, that weird thigh thing that ladies always do. I mean, like it's weird, you know, but this is the thing. If you go to church, or I'm sorry, if you, if you go to the gym and you never go there and you walk in and you go, oh man, this is great. You're overwhelmed, right? By all the equipment that's in the room. You're like, good grief. I don't really like, that's why I like CrossFit because it's very simple. One bar and a burpee. You know I mean? Like that's simple. But like when you walk into a gym, it's overwhelming. I think that's why people don't always like to go because they haven't been instructed on how to use the intended equipment. And I think that's the reason why a lot of followers of Jesus don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because they haven't been trained properly. And so what we want to do is we want to train you properly in how to operate in these gifts. That's the reason we're taking these four weeks and we're diving into gifts. We're diving into the fruits of the Spirit. We're diving into these things. And so you want to be, we want to give you this access and we want to show you how you can really operate in this. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. When you move in gifts, powerful things take place. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen shoulders and backs healed. I've heard prophetic words that have transformed my personal life because someone that didn't know me had the ability to tap into the spirit of what, which God was instructing them how I could change my circumstance. And how I could alter the way that I was living. I had that happen when I was 19 years old. I just met Katie. I was, I was literally going to a church service. And a guy there I hadn't seen in over a year said, I need to talk to you. And what did he do? He pulled me aside and he, he said, you know what? This is, this is to help me. The gifts of the Spirit are to help us. It's not to hinder us. So often we think prophetic is he's going to read my mail. He might, but it's for your good. I mean, like, he literally told me, you live a God life and a Todd life. You need to decide today. And I was like, okay, that's for me. I need to live like that. I need to understand that because that's a gift. Friends, in this church, I've seen people that, that were told that they were not able to conceive, conceive a child and that is happy and healthy in this church, right next to you. You don't know the miracle that's in motion right next to you. In this church, I've seen financial breakthrough for people that sowed a seed and all of a sudden God opened heaven. What Pastor Bob was talking about isn't trivial. It's the truth. It is the truth. In our church, I have seen people who are unemployed for months find employment and not even just find employment exactly what they needed. That's supernatural power. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in the construction business. It, the Holy Spirit's building things all the time. Are we going to be in alignment with them? Because when we're in alignment with them, we know our assignment, and then we can activate what we're going to do. 
because there's power. Number four, or I'm sorry, number three, the Holy Spirit builds our faith. The Holy Spirit builds our faith. Jude 20 says, but you, dear friends, by building up yourself, your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit builds our faith in different ways, right? Am I right? I mean, it builds our faith, praying in the Spirit. It could be tongues, it could be something else, but praying in the Spirit. Divine appointments. The Holy Spirit orchestrates things. I think of this incident, this not incident, this story. And it was when we first got here about, oh, six months to a year here. And uh, we've been praying for influence because we didn't know anybody. We knew Pastor Bob and Claudia and we knew a few of you. But I mean, like we've been praying, God help us. God help us bring people in. We're always praying for more souls to see Jesus, right? That's the whole premise of why we do it. Otherwise, we're a rotary club. I don't want to do that. I want to, make a lot, I want to make a difference in our community for Jesus. And so we are praying for people. God, bring people from the north, the south, the east, and the bring people into our church. Bring people here. And lo and behold, what happens? Uh, Ten minutes later, and it doesn't always happen this fast, uh, but we've been praying for some time. But ten minutes later, we, get, uh, we hear the, the, the bell on the door at church. You, know, you open the door, and it goes, ding. We hear that. And all of a sudden, two ladies walk into our office. And literally, they, they, they sat down on Katie's chair and they said, we've been looking for you guys. We've been looking for you guys. We've been looking for you guys. We've checked the, the web. It was when we first were changing our website. We, we've been looking at the web. We've been looking at, we've come here and it hasn't, hasn't shown up. Like, like we, we weren't here at the right time. Our timing was off. Well, what ends up happening was God had some of those delays for the divine appointments to take, uh, to take shape so that our life could be built, our faith could be built because we could see a supernatural, at work, a supernatural life at work. And as I see here, I see them sitting right here in the third row and I see them sitting here and they have been there. Phoebe and her whole family has been baptized and today Michelle and her family are gonna be baptized. You see, that builds my faith. That builds my faith because I've seen my God at work doing something that I prayed for, for me. And that's the way that God operates. What are you praying for? God will go and he will orchestrate those things. It's not the stars align. It's God moves. But you have to have the faith and you have to operate in the supernatural gifts. The supernatural gifts. Number four, the Holy Spirit gives us life and strength to our bodies. I preached a few weeks ago on how is your soul. I'd encourage you to go to the podcast, uh, listen to it. We have it on Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever, all those other platforms. Lucas knows, you can ask him. Um, I just do the Apple thing, that's just what I do. Uh, sorry. Um, but uh, I, I sp spoke a message, or I preached a message called how is your soul, and the whole intention was uh, we are living on the borrowed breath of God. Everyone take a deep breath. Exhale. Guess what? If God didn't ordain that, you would be dead. Because when Adam was sleeping, or when God created Adam, Adam was just a form. He didn't actually have life till breath was breathed into him. And so what happened? God, on his breath, breathed life into Adam. So guess what? We have strength because of the grace of God, because of his Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 11 says it like this. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. 
You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Think about that for a moment. The resurrected life is inside of you. The same spirit that's in Jesus is in you. All you have to do is tap into that. Tap into the resource. Tap into what you have. You know, it's, it's, it's like trying to turn on a lamp without actually plugging it into the source. It'll never happen. You'll just keep twisting that little dot, that little knob all the time. But we have to actually tap into it. And when we tap into it, we understand the significance that even when we take our next breath, we all of a sudden have power. We know that God has given us strength in our bodies because of his life that he breathed into us. Number five, the Holy Spirit is accessible. The Holy Spirit is accessible. Uh, Too often as a pastor, I hear people saying, oh, well, you, you really, you know, like, it, it's, it's not really that accessible. That was for that time. That was for, you know, like, that's the reason. That's just an excuse as to why you can't get in your Bible. You know, I mean, like, oh, it was, it was for that time period. No, this is current and evident right now. It's current. You have to get in this thing to understand that you have access to places and things that you would, you would have no other way of getting there without you. You know what? I wouldn't be here today if I didn't tap into the spirit of God into our life. Because in Tacoma, where we lived, guess what? We lived a great life in Tacoma. But the Holy Spirit was trying to get my attention. Why? So that I could see him move and he got my attention. And I moved to San Diego, California with my family in faith, praying that God would move. And guess what God has done in the few years that we've lived here? We have a special needs ministry. We do night to shine. We go to Mexico for four years and build homes. Friends, we've done so much because one person said yes. One person. That's it. The power of your yes is incredible, but you have access because you say yes. You have access because what happened in this first church? They all thought they were drunk. Peter explained some stuff to them and said, guess what? You have access to this. You, you have access to the power of God in your life. And let's read. It's found in uh, Acts 2, 38 and 39. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Friends, I don't want to misguide that and say you have to be baptized for your sins to be forgiven. We know that salvation does that. Salvation does that. Baptism is what is happening on inside of you. You want to profess it to the world on the outside. You want to go under and come back. You're being raised to life again. So I just want to make that abundantly clear in this point. But it says, uh, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. But I want to focus on one piece. In that verse 39, it says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for whom our Lord Jesus will call. The promise is alive and active, and it's alive for the next generation. If you say yes, if you operate in the Holy Spirit, if you take that step of faith, if you want a word from God, you have to step out in faith and say, I need it. You can't sit there and and, and not expect to get a word from God. You have to take a step of faith. That's the way God works. You can't give, you can't say, oh God, I want you to bless my finances when you're not putting his principles into practice and actually sowing a seed, right? You can't say, God, I need a miracle, but you're never praying for your miracle. Honestly, like you can't say, I want to change life and live in the same way. 
You know, but the thing is, is, is that I know the significance of baptism because about, about 18, or not about 18 months ago, about 14 months ago, I, be, I pray for my kids every day. One, because I need, I need God to help them. <laughs> or maybe he just needs to help me help them. But I pray for them constantly because I want to see them move in what God has called them to. If they're pastors, great. If they're not, great. I love my kids. I just want to see them be happy and functional and excited and love life. I don't want life to jade their joy because so often life jades our joy and I love children and I love my kids especially. I'm just, you know, kind of biased, but I just love them. And I was pr I've been praying for our family and our kids, especially Carter. Um, you know, if you didn't know Carter, you'll see him come in here. Uh, he might ask to be baptized again. He just likes to be in the pool. Um, but he, he run, he's, he's on the autism spectrum. He's the happiest kid. I have a picture. He, 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 today he was like, Daddy, I got a lizard. I'm like, you better not show your mother. She's going to freak out. And so I took a picture so we could have proof. And so he was outside holding the lizard. And he just had this little, uh, just this joy, sidebar. But I was praying for my son. And Katie and I pray for our kids regularly, together and separately. There's power in prayer. And I was thinking about this idea of generations. And I'm praying for our son. And about 14 months ago, we end up having a baptism service right outside that wall. Right there. And I was praying for my son. And we baptized about 10 or 15 people on that day. And we kind of closed it out with every, yeah, let's just leave it there for a sec. We closed it out and I said, does anyone that wasn't expecting to be baptized be baptized? I didn't know what was going to happen next. But my little seven-year-old son on the autism spectrum decided on that day, I'm going to profess my public faith to the world. And he shot his hand up and what did he do? Let's go to the next picture. He got in all of his clothes, didn't care what he looked like, didn't care that his clothes were wet, but knew there was significance in baptism. One, because I was praying for my son. And guess what? My grandkids are going to be changed because I said yes to Jesus here. And my son all of a sudden says yes here. And you see how that works. Just like gener generational curses can happen. I think generational blessings can happen too, but you have to be the one to say yes. And all of a sudden, look at that little family. Man, they're gorgeous. Why? Because someone said yes. Someone was willing to say yes, and the Holy Spirit is accessible. And you know what? That little boy loves his little sister. And the other day, she was driving him nuts, and she was driving us nuts, driving back from a celebration that we had. And what does Carter do? Jesus, help my sister. Help my sister. Help her to calm down. She needs you. Amen. I mean, like, seriously. Why? Because someone said yes. There's power in your yes. There's power in your yes. And so what I want to tell you today is that this wasn't a moment where the stars aligned, the destiny happened, and all of a sudden you're here. No. This is where a God that is loving and kind and fair and filled with grace said, you know what? I love you. There's a reason you're sitting in that seat for this moment, for this moment. So if you would bow your heads, close your eyes.